0: Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure everyone had a chance to hear why I think all the Biden speculation is the wrong question at the wrong time. Check out our Tuesday episode wherever you listen to this show, and we'll make sure to include a link in the show notes. Today, we've got another January
1: 6th hearing to discuss, and hopefully we'll get to more of your questions. Alex, what's up? Well, I think we, we still got to start with the committee hearing, but th- this week it feels like that was kind of at the center of the web and there's a whole bunch of stuff kind of spinning off the ban and stuff. We'll, we'll get to that. But talking about the hearing itself, there's some testimony that, that I thought was really, really powerful. Joe, what stood out to you? I don't see
0: how anybody could watch the testimony of some of the organizers and attendees of the January 6th insurrection who testified. I don't think you can watch that and at the end of the hearing have any doubt that the intent of the rally was just violence and and that there was a plan for violence. It was planned and it was in the works all along. The draft tweet from Trump clearly showing he wanted people to go to the Capitol after the rally. And this, of course, again, we learned later on he knew that they were armed and he still did it. The tweet that quote making a big speech at 10 a.m. January 6th out the White House. The draft tweet said, "Please arrive early. Massive crowds expected. March to the Capitol after. Stop the steal." And this you know we had the, the 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 tweets about it'll be wild, all that stuff. But it was clear that he wanted the violence at the Capitol to be part of his plan. It was actually all he had left at that point it's become clear that all the other options, losing the 60 legal cases, having the legal clown car, Giuliani and, and the Kraken Queen. I mean, uh.
1: one thing, Joe, that I thought was maybe the moment of that hearing was when the, the former Oath Keeper testified to the the effect of what you were just saying. Jason Van Tandenhoff,
0: the former Oath Keeper, he testified what it was going to be was an armed revolution. That's a quote. This could have been the spark that started a new civil war.
1: Right. And that, that was the whole intent right there. And it was one of the people there. He was storming the Capitol and there were a Proud Boys, Oath Keepers. Trump was, I mean, I just go back to remember them reading the tweets through the megaphone when they were breaching the wall. It's very clear that this entire thing was planned to a T.
0: Oh, yeah. No, like I said, though, at that point, that's all they had was a violent overthrow at the Capitol. The crazier moments in the hearing describing
1: the... Oh, yeah, that meeting in December.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was insanity breaking out in the White House, which is hard because it has been insanity for like four years. But, you know, it's just a meeting where it goes on for like eight hours of people screaming at each other. And it's it's White House Counsel Pat Cipollone testimony, basically saying that City Pallet and Flynn were in the Oval Office drafting, you know, executive orders, trying to seize voting machines, declare voter fraud, and they're just all screaming at each other. And the president, uh, I think, realized obviously that he was out of options because immediately. That's what he started tweeting to his supporters after that crazy meeting that went to all hours of the night. Sidney Powell, I mean, could you believe the Dr. Pepper? I mean, has more damage been done to a brand with one sip than her, you know, in the tape that they showed, the recording they showed in the hearing of her, her deposition? I just think that it's clear that you have two things happening at once. You already have the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys marshalling for a fight. They've been wanting this a fight for a, a long time. Trump knows it. It's all been activated. 60 cases they've lost. You still have, even at this late moment, Sidney Powell and Michael Flynn and the president, you know, listen to their arguments and and keep trying to poke holes at, at Pat Cipollone and the other normal lawyers, supposedly, you know, the normal on team normal against team crazy.
1: Team Normal didn't show up until Team Normal realized they were going to jail.
0: Team Normal didn't show up yeah. until the hearings, right? They actually tell us we're going to jail, right? If they didn't do something. Yeah. So he goes out and he immediately starts tweeting to the supporters, you know, got to show up, got to come. It's going to be wild. The violent pieces of the puzzle all fall into place.
1: So we'll get to what this all means for Trump in a few minutes because we got a bunch of questions on that. But one thing I, I don't want to skip over was it, Steve Bannon is going to testify at some point somehow, which I think will probably be a future hearing. But there's a bunch of leaked audio to Mother Jones where he really just spells this whole thing out.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, he talked about actually the red mirage, right? He understood the red mirage was going to happen, that votes on election day would show Trump being ahead, and then the, the mail-in ballots would come in and it would take days to count. He said that, you know, that gave... Democrats, quote, a natural at a disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner, which is exactly what happened, right? And the thing about it was this gets into the whole thing about the whole lie. They were setting up the lie from the very beginning. The whole thing where Trump said, let's stop counting at like midnight on <laughs> On election night, just stop counting everything, yeah, right? Because everything count. after yeah. that, yeah, uh, would be would be the steal. But let me tell you, I think there's something else that he said that is really much more important than what people have focused on. So if a lot of people focus on you know this part where he says, so when you wake up on Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. You know, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be. But listen to what he actually says here. You're going to have Antifa crazy, the media crazy, the courts are crazy, and Trump's going to be sitting there mocking, tweeting shit out. You lose. I'm the winner. I'm the king. And Bannon right there tells everybody he just admitted the whole thing. That's what it was about. This is the whole freaking thing. This is America MAGA extreme. Gone full crazy. I'm the winner. I'm the king. You know, George Lakoff posted something every American should think about right now. He said, and I'm quoting him: our democracy is presently being threatened by the politics of obedience to authority. The very thing that democracy was invented to counteract. We it's me now. We were founded because we didn't want to swear obedience to a king. It's why we embarked on this great experiment of American democracy in a democratic republic. And the crazy extremists in the name of MAGA want to jump the experiment for a king. Bannon, per usual, is saying the whole quiet part out loud. That's what this was all about. It was imposing obedience to a king, the very thing our country was founded to counteract and to never let happen. And that threat is still ongoing. And Bannon said it out loud. I haven't seen that uh, people focus on that in the media, but it is an authoritarian threat that is ongoing. And every American has to take on the responsibility and the duty to stop it. We knew this. I, uh, I just never expected Bannon to just be out there and say, and, and still, and by the way, get away with saying it. No one's called him out on that part. And that sort of gets me to something I have tweeted. Heather Cox Richardson in her blog recently, and we'll maybe link to it, uh, had a really good point, that we ignore this willingness to destroy our democracy at our peril. I, if you don't read her blog, you should. You know, I just think that uh, that when you have these hearings, when you have Bannon saying the things he's saying, when you have all this evidence in in front of you, you know, I'm just still amazed. I think there's erosion going on to Trump. You ask what will happen to Trump. But look, it's clear that his support is softening. That doesn't mean that they don't still support him. They're just less committed. To actually, I mean, you hear them say things like, I hope he does, I like him, I hope he doesn't run, things like that. You could start seeing and feel, and then you look at the polling clearly starting to really hurt the Republican Party writ large with independence.
1: So let's get into that a little bit. So, one thing I wanted to ask you, and it gets into that kind of erosion thing. So is that because they, his base has been following him because he's kind of that strong man strength image. And now that he's not the the strongest guy anymore, they're moving on to somebody else.
0: No, I think they are starting to feel conned. They're starting to see the con that they were taken, that he lied to them, that he was the one that orchestrated this whole thing. Not all, not all by any means, not all, but but enough. They're not as confident in him, or or they're questioning him. They no, they don't question. You know, this is not a guy you question, right? This remember, this is the king. So it's kind of like when you start realizing, you know, the emperor has no clothes. A conflict there. Some people will see that sooner than the rest. There will be some people who never see it, right? Never. I mean, even Nixon, I think, still has like you know twenty three percent who think he was the. Be the greatest president ever, or something. But
1: so if we're if we're looking forward now on this, and I, I know you talked to Bill Crystal about this a little bit. There was a New York Magazine article. Uh, I think Olivia Nizzi wrote a really good piece on her interview with him. She went to Bedminster this week. When is he going to announce? What do you think that's going to? How is that going to play out?
0: I don't know. I mean, he. I think he announces this year sometime. I'm now. You're now hearing that he announces after Labor Day you know, in time to basically I'm running and then get out there for the last month or so of the election campaigning in states for his candidates. I know you got to believe Mitch McConnell doesn't want to see that. I mean, the running around the country campaigning part, at least. The problem with that is like, and I've said this before, in 2019, there were 48 other states Trump could go do rallies in that were not Virginia or New Jersey. So it's pretty easy to keep them out of Virginia. They don't want them anywhere near there. My guess is they're not going to want them in a whole lot of these places, the seven or eight places that are are really going to matter because the damage done. People are realizing how extreme the mega extreme is, whether it's he's lost control of it, the court with Roe and with guns. I mean, there's just And overwhelm and now the hearings that are just showing to what lengths he was willing to go to stay in power. And again, going back to my what what I think is now clear, we were founded to counteract exactly what he was trying to take us back to. That's freaking amazing that the country writ large is not getting that yet. There's lots of people who have, but it just goes a testament to. How the outrage machine can distract you from, it distracts so many people, another outrage tomorrow, another outrage next week. And what's it trying to distract you from? It's trying to distract us from that one fact. He wanted to be king. They were going to declare him king in a country that was created to counteract any chance of that happening, ever happening. That's why we invented our experiment and they were going to snuff it out. There's still probably people listening to this will go, oh, he's crazy. That's nuts. No, it's not. That's what that's what they were were going to do. One of the things I've been I've been saying is, look, I, I don't think this is gonna be a red wave election. And I think uh basically crazy can break a red wave. And that's what I think is gonna happen. The extreme of all this is being exposed and this. Myth of the big red wave coming, I still see very little evidence. I don't, that doesn't mean we're going to hold the house or anything. It's just not, I don't, I don't think this is going to be, you know, that that 40, you know, seat 47 things. seats. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Whether yeah. we keep it by five, lose it by 10, I'm doing everything I can. I know a lot of people out there doing everything they can to, to fight to make sure it, it's the plus side, but crazy can break away. That's where I think. The mega crazies may drag down. They're going to drag down a bunch of those Senate races. And I think there's a chance, a better chance than than most of the punditry thinks of Democrats uh, holding the House, you know, narrowly, probably. I mean, if we can hold it, it will obviously be narrow. It's already narrow.
1: So there, there's one thing from your chat with Bill that I really wanted to ask about. And it, it, it's you. you said something along the lines of... A lot of races like this are baked by Labor Day. Um, in your experience, and I mean, I've worked with you on, obviously, in Alabama in 2017, it sure as hell wasn't baked at Labor Day. How are you seeing kind of some of these trends solidifying? And do you think that is the case that, that not a whole lot's going to change in the last two months like we've seen in years past?
0: The thing that is making things not change is all the, the things we talk about, polarization, redistricting. I think the Cook report came out today and I think like there's 185 completely safe, maybe it's 183. I it may have my number wrong, but it was something like that. Safe Democratic seats, period. I mean there there's no no doubt Democrats will win those 183. There's 192 safe Republican seats.
1: 375. So that's almost all of them.
0: Yeah, you're down to there's only four hundred and thirty five. So you're down to, you know, then there are you know, something like 32 lean Democratic seats and you know, et cetera. You get into the leaders, but they're leaders. I mean, they're the, the rest are toss-ups or leaders. So first of all, there's these these seats that are done deal. It don't won't matter what the debate is. They're, you know, Marjorie Taylor Green is probably gonna win her district. I'm sorry to say. That's how red it is. But when you start looking at these marginal sort of battleground districts, they're all races that are gonna be won by they're not going to be blowouts. They're going to be won by one side or the other by a few points. By the way, we saw this in 2020. Look at how close Biden won, even though he had huge victories in blue states that ran up the uh, popular vote to an historic win. Look how close in these battlegrounds it was. That's going to happen again. And so could all those close races all go one way or the other? They might. I mean, in other words, like, so you you, somebody wins 30 seats by a point. Right. You know, and it's all one way that could happen. But that's how close it's going to be. That's why fighting and getting out there and making a difference in every one of those races, those battleground races that we can can make a difference. But I also think, again, what are the the trends? Biden's already at 32, 33, 34 percent approval. We're seeing Democrats ahead. In, or tied in all seven of the, the important Senate, Senate races, with pretty solid leads in three or four of them. I think that same possibility exists in the House, in these battleground kind of districts that won't like the MAGA extremism. That's my, been my point. I think that's only going to get worse. The MAGA extreme end of this is only, gonna, that's what is going to get worse between now and November. Could inflation get worse between now and November? Yes, I guess it can. Okay, and and I'm not saying it won't, but I'm saying I think it will stabilize. It may not go down very fast and, and that might not be good enough. And I understand the pain people are going through. But in the end, what I think will get worse is the American people seeing how extreme MAGA has gotten and how it's taken the party over. And I think Trump getting in or Trump being out on the campaign trail after Labor Day or whether he does it sooner than that is only going to make it worse. We're already seeing state after state do crazy draconian bills with total bans on abortion, no exceptions. Other states are going to between now and then, trust me, try to do a test case on on gay rights or something, you know, gay marriage. They'll pass a law on purpose to take it to the court. You know, it'll take a couple of years to get there, but they're doing this stuff and it's going to be known. It's already being known. That's what I'm saying. People are already seeing this. Yeah, the rape of a 10-year-old girl, child. And Jim Jordan says it was a lie. And then all he does when it turns out it's true, he deletes the tweet. These things are all things people are seeing And it's exposing just how extreme, just how no empathy, nothing, just sort of blind holding the power. I think that's all going to get worse between now and November. You know, we need to make sure that people know it. I mean, that, you know, that's part of all our jobs. It's why I joined the Lincoln Project. It's why I joined the union.us for anybody who hasn't yet. That's the fight we're in. And I, I believe it's, you know, that Bannon has boldly said out loud what the whole thing really was about, taking us back to what we were founded to stop. That's what this whole thing is. And that's the authority, it's an authoritarian threat.
1: So I'm gonna synthesize a few of our reader questions before we go, I know we don't have a ton of time left, but they all really boiled down to this question. What are we as Democrats rooting for in terms of Trump announcement, Trump timing? What's our best case? Like, does he enhance now? Does he wait till after the midterms? What's most advantageous, do you think, right now?
0: First of all, trying to predict what he's going to do, or that there's some way that we would get our most advantageous uh, we could decide what what is or isn't advantageous to us is I just think sort of folly. He is incapable, I think, of watching other people out there. Building strength in the party, or it, frankly, it's not about building strength in the party. It's like they're on TV, I'm not. <laughs> you know, so, right. he, so you know, I I think even Bannon, I mean, all these they can't they can't keep quiet, man. They just can't keep their mouths shut, and he certainly can't. He can't keep off the off the scope. It, it drives him crazy. So I think, you know, can he be disciplined enough to not get in till September to Labor Day? Can you know McConnell and the guys talk sense into him? Has anybody been able to talk sense into him ever? What are they going to do? No, you can't be king. No, I don't think that's going to work with him. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's um, the whole problem, which I think also think gets into why November is different than most midterms, is the more he erodes, the more he tries to hang on, the more DeSantis and others try to gain strength the more there's going to be schisms. Not just schisms between Rhinos and MAGAs, but between MAGAs and MAGAs. I mean, uh, you know, a MAGA who thinks DeSantis, you know, I, I like DeSantis, that's where I'm going to go. I guess the best one is Dr. Oz, right? He's not really a MAGA guy, and they know it. Nearly enough MAGA people moved to other candidates, he nearly lost it, right? I'm not sure they're coming back. Why? They know he's, he's a phony, that he's not real MAGA. And, you know, veteran is authentic and Dr. Oz is, is a fake. So I just think that when you get down to it, one, Trump's not on the ballot. Two, he's faltering. And three, they're nominating crazy people, different flavors of MAGA, but all, all of them doing, you know, filthy to dear leader and the big lie for the most part. And I think more and more Americans are realizing it was all a lie, something Stuart Stephen wrote a book about. <laughs> it was all a lie. If you haven't read Stuart's book, that's something else that I'd recommend because it really explains a lot of this.
1: So I think that's a good place to end, Joe, because we are just about out of time today.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening to That Trippy Show. We'll be back next week. And of course, please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that Trippy Show at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. See you next time. Keep fighting. Thanks.